made history, our first goal. The Originals podcast is back for a second season, thanks to you and your open ears. In this second episode of Series 2, we meet Ryan Ferguson, the new, the second, senior coach of Richmond's AFL women's team. The Originals is being made to help record a landmark happening for all time. Say what? I'm Sam Lane, and I'll fill you in. When the most supported sports club in Sports Mad Australia fields an elite women's team for the first time, it has super meaningful ripple effects. That's what happened when the Australian Football League's present-day powerhouse club entered the AFL's elite competition for women in 2020. That club is the Richmond Tigers, a club that boasts more paid-up members than any other in Australia a club that has existed for 136 years and, up until last year, had only ever been a home for fully-fledged or hopeful male sports champions. Last year, Richmond Footy Club became inclusive in a way it was not previously able to. It did this by gaining entry to the AFL-AFL Women's Competition. I'm truly happy to say that this return series of the originals is sponsored by Wise Employment helping people who have employment barriers, including mental illness and disability, find meaningful work. Find out more at wiseemployment.com.au or call 1-800-685-105. Now the outline on the man who's the centrepiece of our second series, second episode. Ryan Ferguson was announced as Richmond's new AFLW senior coach in November 2020. Initially meeting his Tiger squad on Zoom totally normal in global coronavirus pandemic times, before leading his first training session with the group a few days later. Some things about Ryan. He's 39, a brother, a husband and father. He has school teacher qualifications, is a level three accredited coach, and he has a great Dane called Bruce. Ryan played 47 AFL games for the Melbourne Footy Club between 2003 and 2007. He then went to South Australia, became a captain at West Adelaide and won three Sandville Best and Fairest Awards. In 2015, Ryan was recruited to Tigerland, appointed a development coach. So he's had a unique hand and eye on Richmond's elite men's AFL premierships in 2017 and 2019, plus the 2019 flag with the Tigers VFL side, where he was backline coach. Mass job cuts in 2020 across the AFL in the COVID-19 environment saw Ryan among the many displaced. In this chat, he explains how and why he got back into Richmond, what's striking him most about coaching women, and why he thinks the Tigers AFLW side, winless in its debut season, can make, in his words, huge improvements really quickly. Hello, Ryan on Zoom. Welcome to the Originals. I've done the bio outline, so now in your words, let's start colouring in. What's fundamental in making you tick? I think um, in terms of my professional life, I've always enjoyed competitive sport. I've always enjoyed working in groups. You know, I love being at school. Um, I've always loved sport, so the competitive side shines through and so coaching was a natural evolution, teaching, um, and then even, yeah, in terms of me in my personal life, I've yeah, sort of being out being outside and active and just in probably enjoying the 
stupid little moments, little trivial games or moments or having a laugh at, at yourself or at one of your mates. Um, but, yeah, the, the little the little funny moments have always seemed to keep me going in a way. Where did you grow up? So I grew up in Ferntree Gully, uh, just at the, at the base of the Dandenongs. And yeah, went to school at St. Joe's, a little, a little uh, school down there, and uh, in a, in a court with you know lots of lots of kids and neighbours mucking around and getting up to mischief or playing sport or doing what kids do. Is there a defining experience? I don't know, like triumph, tribulation, turning point, even a tragedy that you'd table as a key reference point or fork in the road moment for you? Yeah, I've been pretty lucky, really. Um, been blessed with yeah with a pretty smooth smooth ride so far um go, going to Adelaide was was pretty big for me after I left after I left Melbourne went and played football in Adelaide and got my teaching degree over there and just lived a different you know in a different place and a, in a, a bit of a different life and found new friends and made a new little community over there which is still pretty dear to me so I think yeah six years in Adelaide were were pretty important in in my life and and you know still keeping those connections geographically where would you say is your happy place my number one i reckon would be well Bree, my wife would would say is i love i love going down to warrandyte down to the river uh if we had a if we had a beach close by i'd i'd go down to the beach but i love sort of being around water taking the dog for a walk i've love i've got a big great dane bruce who uh gets a bit of interest when you, when you take him down the park so I'd take the dog out for a walk or take him down to down to Warrandyte or um, or have a kick kick of the footy with with the kids or got an in-ground trampoline out the back so you know muck around with the kids take the dog for a walk head down the river head down the beach they're the they're, they'd be the go-tos. You mentioned kids before how many are in the clan to date? Two kids Logan and Morgan so seven seven and eight yeah they're, they're very cool. You've been an elite footballer playing for the Demons and you've studied becoming a qualified teacher. Professionally, what would you say has been the most formative experience of your life so far? Uh, professionally, well, the, the um, experience I just went through was probably interesting in you know, being, being let go from the club and from the men's program and not, not, yeah, not, not knowing you know, where my future was going to be and applying for teaching jobs and applying for coaching jobs and, and exploring you know what what might be out there in a market that was diminishing so yeah that was that was interesting challenging only a short it was only a short time like it wasn't it wasn't a long time but it was it was something that I hadn't hadn't really faced before um, so that was yeah just to, to give a bit of perspective on life like I'd been been uh, pretty seamless in my transition through from playing into coaching into full-time coaching and it was going quite smooth and quite well so to have a quite abrupt ending and then the perspective of all that that happens in life and you've got to get on with figuring out what the next chapter is. I'm thinking of so many people as I ask this but you were one of many in widespread staff cuts across the AFL last year how bare did that leave you feeling? Was it scary? Uh, it didn't, didn't scare me. It was just a little bit unsettling in terms of 
the uncertainty of all right, well, what's next and what's the what routine am I going to fall into? You know, what what the what role am I going to find? Is it am I out of coaching now? Am I into teaching, or will I find a a really good role? Which obviously I have I have now, but yeah, just the uncertainty was probably a little bit more unsettling than anything, but not so much, you know, scared of 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 anything. Just a little bit unsettled, yeah. Can you tell us a bit more about your footy meet study career? Not everyone manages it in elite men's footy, but you continued it and really amped it up after you went to Adelaide and played in the Sandfall. Is that right? Yeah, so I I started uh, teaching degree while I was playing, but only one subject at a time, so it wasn't going anywhere fast. And then when I went to Adelaide, uh, over to West Adelaide, and after I got delisted from Melbourne, I jumped in full-time to my study while I was playing sandful footy. And so then I was able to, yeah, complete that degree, you know, a few years into playing footy over there and, and get a couple of years teaching while I was still playing, which fitted in really nicely. And so, I was, yeah, I was able to transfer back to Melbourne and continue teaching. So I would have had five or six years teaching in a range of schools and doing some relief work, short-term contracts, um, you know, some full-time, a couple of full-time years in there as well so it was yeah a good experience just to to live that that life and experience you know teaching as well as always being really able to combine it with football at the same time so coaching who or what inspired you to explore that field of play yeah i probably started at west adelaide i was playing under uh, andy collins so he's been he's been really influential in early days my playing leadership but obviously that you know led on to on to coaching so I've, i still bounce ideas off off him and staying stay in contact and still learn a lot from from him because he's got a wealth of knowledge and he's a, a great character and um yeah obviously at richmond i've been lucky enough to to work with justin lepich really closely of recent times and, and craig mccray coaching in the in the vfl has been uh really helpful for me in my development in my in my coaching craft so i've had I've been lucky to be around some yeah really good people with you know, a wealth of knowledge on in in football as well. Through joining Richmond, you've been working on the inside at a modern day AFL powerhouse, and I guess like winning three elite men's premierships in four years could give a sense that being the best is just normal, and maybe you could even take that success or that high bar for granted somehow. What have you learnt from your time working in that environment? Um, you, know, you, you talked about possibly taking things for granted. I think that's probably the one thing that maybe has separated the club from others in that I think during the whole period and before, you know, before wins necessarily came along is that there was a shift to not taking things for granted and to appreciating what we have the opportunity that we have, being grateful for each other and for our um, for our opportunities, and so I think that is a, a really big part of yeah what the success that has that has come the club's way is that the whole time that I've been there, I I've been really aware of what I've been involved in, and that it hasn't at any stage been. I look back and oh, those were the good old days. It was no, no, we're we're living a really good time, a great time now. Let's make the most of every moment, and that's kind of how everybody in the in the club um, 
that's their tilt on on life really is hey um, don't take anything for granted and and take the opportunities that are given to us and, and enjoy each moment as it comes as a development coach you've been able to work intimately with young players in 2017 who by 2020 some of them were triple premiership players that must have blown you away and given you such a great sense of pride watching and having that direct hand in their development. Who do you think of particularly in that regard? Yeah, I've taken a lot of pride in just sitting back and enjoying this year even in particular, but working along alongside these guys. Um, Nathan Broad being a three-time premiership player and just his cool head and you know perspective perspective on life and he's been through some challenges himself and Jaden Short what you know from from a rookie list to to a uh, best and fairest winner and and premiership player Noel Bolter's given me some headaches over the time he's one of the one of the best to work with he's so exciting um, energetic and always had so much to learn and was just kept you on your toes as a coach uh, Ryan Garthwaite is a ripper like just the way he you know, he's got his own challenges as well, but the way he, he goes about um, striving you know, to be a good person and a good footballer and, and you know, the relationship we're able to forge has been really important to me. So there's a lot of, yeah, there's been a lot of you know, guys that I've been involved with that I've taken a lot of pride in just watching them do their thing and and for them to be happy and successful and, and achieve their goals is pretty special for me. What to you does the most effective and best coaching look like? I think there's a lot of different ways to do it and accepting that there's not one perfect way, there's not one right way. Just like playing football, there's lots of there's lots of ways to, to do it and different angles to take and different ways to be successful. So understanding what being authentic to what you are as a person and, and how that translates into coaching and getting the, the best mix of that rather than trying to do it one specific way, uh, embracing the uniqueness of, of each person. Um, and so I try and try and do that with my coaching and have observed others do that really well with, with their own unique angle. Uh, and it's one thing that I try and incorporate now as you know being the senior coach of the women's program is I've always enjoyed the hands-on nature of coaching and being being out on the field and, and talking craft and working through some some things out on the field and kicking balls and, and talking footy and, and bouncing ideas off each other. So I, I, I do love the hands-on nature of coaching and that's probably one of those unique things that I've talked about earlier about it's important that I embrace that and continue to be that hands-on coach um, because that's what's important to me, but not everyone's the same. We'll take a short break from Ryan here to tell you a bit about the first sponsor of the Originals podcast. It's Wise Employment, a Melbourne-based, Australian-owned, not-for-profit organisation that's been helping Australians for nearly 30 years. Wise's ultimate vision is to inspire, transform and enable people to realise their potential. WISE pushes for diversity and inclusion in Australian workplaces and it helps people with employment barriers like mental illness and disability to find meaningful work. WISE's partnership with Richmond's AFLW team is motivated by WISE Employment's particular dedication to supporting women athletes and empowering women in all aspects of life. 
WISE has a Richmond office and over 100 others across Victoria, New South Wales, Tasmania, South Australia, Queensland and the Northern Territory. The friendly team at WISE Employment would love to meet you and discuss how they can help you find employment or help find the right fit for your team. Visit wiseemployment.com.au or call 1-800-685-105. Now, back to Ryan. Your wife, Bree Munro, was a Winter Olympian in aerial freestyle skiing and she was already working with the AFLW Tigers team before you were coaching body awareness, stability, injury prevention. So how did your application to become Richmond's AFLW senior coach come to pass? Yeah, so the, uh, the process uh, started really with a phone call from Neil Barm just to see if I was interested. Um, and obviously, you know, I've just been let go from from the men's program, so no hard feelings if, you, if you're not interested in, you know, hanging around anymore. But, you know, um, he was just finding out my initial interest in, in the job because he thought that I'd be a good candidate. And... Um, it, it didn't take too long to consider that and like it it was a job that fits in really I felt initially it fits in really well with me and my coaching journey and what I've been a part of and what I would feel you know my next my next step could be so I kind of got excited about it pretty quickly and been able to um, be involved in a program from its pretty early days try and have a really big influence uh, across the whole program and, and step up and, and, you know, be a head coach if, if I was able to get the role. So, I'd, yeah, I started thinking along those lines of this will be a pretty uh, a pretty cool thing to be involved in, great for my career and what I want to do. And I love, I love development, I love coaching, I love the competitiveness um, of, of football and, and competing at the highest level as well. So putting all that, all that together... I'll, I was really excited about about the the prospect. So then, obviously, yeah, let Barmy know that I'd I'd go for it, and that obviously I found out about the next step, which would be obviously applying, putting in my resume, hopefully getting an interview, um, which I was able to able to secure an interview and um, did well enough in that to then speak in the second phase to the board, and um, yeah, eventually eventually able able to win the position. So. I enjoyed the process because it actually set me up really well to then hit the ground running and be ready to coach the team, like the the actual research and homework and setting myself up to understand AFLW really well, Richmond really well, the players, the list, my philosophy, where I wanted to go with it, how that would all fit in with with what the where the club was at. What exposure had you had to women's footy beforehand? Yeah, not not a not a huge deal of exposure in terms of hands-on coaching. Um, obviously, I was aware and took an interest in in the game from the first season. You know, the women's program at Richmond, I, I really took an interest in. You know, with Bree being involved, um, but obviously, it has been a a quick um, and steep learning curve just to jump jump in and and immerse myself in it. So. I have enjoyed it, and I, I am finding that I am learning, you know, every every day uh, about women's footy and about uh, women in sport and and how we can best help them to to be successful. Richmond assembled a coaching selection panel. 
how did you present yourself and maybe your strengths in applying for the job? My initial presentation, um, I kind of <laughs> took the angle of I wanted to let them know and remind them that I know the club really well and that I actually probably know more about the women's program that they might even think as well because I did take an interest. Bree, Bree, my wife, was heavily involved in the gymnastics program and, you know, we watched a couple of games live. I'd, I'd watch training every now and then. I'd, I'd just keep track. I'd talk to Tommy Hunter and see how they were going. So I, I, I did have an interest already and obviously understanding how the club you know, all the people at the club, how the club operates, what, what the club values. I just wanted to make sure that they knew that it would be a seamless um, transition to someone that really knows the club deeply, knows it well, and will be able to still be really fresh and energised and um, be able to excited to take the, take the role and, and um, grow with it. I love, I love a journey. I love being involved in something from the, from the start. And I, and I have been involved in in teams uh, gone by where we've you know, talked about my involvement in West Adelaide when I went over there. They'd won two games for the last two or three seasons, and then the ability to actually be involved in growing something and understanding what it what it takes and the celebrating the small wins along the way and simplifying um, the focus and and building the foundation uh, for something that obviously in the future you. You want to uh, improve and and get to a really high level, but just understanding of the, you know, building the foundation, improving the standards, the training standards, the professionalism, creating a really energetic um, and a really energetic place to be around, and a real family type, you know, culture. I sold I sold my family as being heavily involved. You know, you don't just get me. You get you get my wife. You get my kids. Um, they'll, they'll all be part of trying to make this a really dynamic and exciting culture to be around and, and what we want for the, for the players and the staff and that inclusiveness of everybody being on the journey together. So I just did try to sell my projection for what I think is important in a football club and in a team and in a culture and, and how we can build it from the bottom up and, and the work obviously and, you know, no, no guarantees in, in short term, but obviously understanding that um, to build it, it does take time, but also that we, we could definitely see immediate improvement. But to build it to where we want it to go will certainly take time and hard work, so not to undersell that as well. So you win the job, it's announced in November, and you take the reins immediately. Um, this is only a short few months ago. What have you learnt already about the unique aspects of coaching women something I know about the culture of women's footy particularly is it it's just all embracing everyone seems to be welcome yeah relationships are, are critical I've, I think I've identified that pretty quickly and you you're right with some of those comments that they the girls have a way of uh, making you feel like you belong and making you feel comfortable really quickly to be yourself it, 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 that is something that definitely struck me the biggest thing from my perspective, I think, coaching the girls has been just the understanding of making sure that in your coaching that you coach the why. You know, the, the girls do think a lot about the game and they want to learn about the game and they want to they want to be good at the game and they need to know the why, not just 
do this or do that, not not assuming that um, they might catch on or they might read between the lines. Is actually, you know, this is this is what we're trying and trying to do. This is what we're looking for, and and this is the why, the why behind it. Once they and once they know the why, um, it makes it much easier for them then to go and execute and be able to think on their feet and problem solve because they understand what we're trying to do. So it's probably never been more relevant to me in my coaching and it's it just accentuates the need to be to be good with your messaging and be clear with your messaging and to make sure that you that you are coaching in that way is that the players understand what and why that we're trying to we're trying to do something in a certain way. The Tigers didn't win a match in their debut season, even though it was cut short. They had six outings, all losses. How this year does the team that you've taken over want to define itself? Yeah, ho- highly competitive, um, and very. Uh, we we have you know our, de- our our identity as a as a Richmond football team means we'll, we'll do lots of things differently because we're we're a different team, but we are Richmond. And there are some common themes in our game, and we do want to look Richmond as well. So there, there's some common themes in the way that we'll play that will be similar to the to the boys, but there'll also be a lot of unique uniqueness about us as well. So you know we we want to be a highly competitive, combative uh, team that that gets the ball forward and is highly connected and across the field and, and locks the ball in our, in, our, in our half and is exciting to watch and you know lays a lot of tackles and wins the ball back and, and shares it and, and finds someone in a better position to, to try and score. So uh, there, there's some common themes um, across the men's and the women's programs, but obviously with our personnel and our, and our team, there's, there'll be a lot of uniqueness about us as well, which we're... The, the exciting thing is we're we're evolving. It, it's kind of we've got a a general guide as to what we want to be, but we're evolving every day, and and we can take it somewhere a little bit unique. And what do you say this list, this Tigers team? What will they do in twenty twenty one? What's realistic in year two? Yeah, we're we've we're really clear in our practice game against the Bulldogs that we don't have to talk about outcome a lot. But we don't shy away from we wanted to beat the Bulldogs. In our practice game, we want to win. And every week, I think we're going to be at a level where we can aim to be highly competitive and no reason why we aren't aiming to win every game we play, understanding that that's obviously not going to happen. <laughs> um, no no team goes, you know, very very rarely do teams go through the season undefeated and we're certainly not we're certainly nowhere near certainly nowhere near that phase in our development. But every week I think we can be highly competitive across, you know, large portions of the game and just feeling and understanding when we're playing our way and times where we might slip and being able to identify that and try and get it back as quickly as possible. So, you know, I think we can be a super competitive team and make huge improvements really quickly, but also understanding that our our long term growth uh, is that it will take time. It, we're not going to we're not going to get there overnight, but we can we can be highly competitive and aiming to win games of footy immediately. We'll probably one of the, you know we're probably seen as one of the the easier teams to play against last year, and hopefully that that changes this year. 
what would you say we will be able to see will improve in the team this year? With what we, you know, we had, we had a lot of fresh faces and young people that are keen and eager to learn, but we've also added some real competitiveness that's uh, with, with a little bit of experience from other clubs and, and who we've uh, drafted. I think we've got a, a determination now and a will to a will to get better, a will to improve and compete. So that um, that's shining through really strongly at the moment is that there's a competitive desire to just want to grow their individual games and grow as a team and improve and be really competitive. Uh, I think last year being very, very young and possibly lacked a bit of connection on field in a football sense in terms of um, just understanding the game and each other and how they all fit together. Like they, the care and the love for each other was there, but just how they all fit together in a, in a football sense, on the field, understanding you know the a bit of game sense as well. Just understanding the game and and how their role impacts on others and and how it all just fits together. That it's not um, they're not in you know they don't li- live in silos. You don't play in the back line and. The midfield and the forward line and and have no connection with the others it, they're heavily reliant on each other and just building that connection and understanding of the whole game one of the burning questions i think of the off season has been katie brennan and there are a whole lot of people that say that she should just play forward stay forward what are your plans for katie yeah i think she i think she will play predominantly forward this year uh but i just She's got a skill set and a and a presence where I'm sure we can still use her up the field at times. But no, she's she's definitely going to be a handful to use up forward, but also to use her running power as a forward as well. And uh, yeah, I think she's really training well. She's confident. She's um, hopefully in a really good space to to impact um, straight away. And Sabrina Frederick, now a reality TV sensation, but what about from a football perspective? What's your appraisal for her upcoming season? Yeah, Sabrina's moving around really well. She's just, yeah, she's in a really good headspace where she's um, leading from the front, really efficient and timely with her, with her leadership and her feedback um, and having great effect with that. But yeah, she's, she's moving around really well and creating creating contests and, and impacting the game. So we're excited about what Sabrina can do this year. Tell me, is given you're winless so far as a club in the AFLW, does that create a pressure on the team? Yeah, I, th- I think that's part of part of what we're um, coaching and what we're angling at is that the wins will be an outcome. But what we're focusing on is all those things so that, you know, the anxiety of, an individual mistake or the anxiety of a win or a loss is taken away a little bit. It is always going to be it's always going to be there, but it is taken away a little bit because we understand what we need to do, how we need to do it, and we can get we can get feedback from it without wins and losses. We can get feedback from it in time, in moments, in patches, in quarters. We can get feedback from it. We don't have to wait for wins and losses to understand if we're improving, if if we're playing the way that we want to play. We're having this chat in the countdown to your team's first outing for Premiership Points in 2021 
and just their seventh AFLW game. Uh, it's also your first as the team's senior coach. How are you feeling? How do I feel? I, I'm I'm probably very similar to the players. I'm filled with excitement for for the week and for the year. Like it's not just a the week signifies the start of the year. You know, it's it's not round one or bust. You know, we we're going to play play nine times minimum, um, nine chances to to win some games. But it, just exciting to it was exciting to start preseason, and there's been steps along the way. It was you know. It was great to play our intra-club and to just feel footy back and then it was it was brilliant to go and put that against a, a really competitive outfit in the Bulldogs and, and then another step along the way, obviously, to, to play for points. So I'm just pretty pumped to, to get out there and you know get in the coach's box and head down to the bench and watch the girls play and, and obviously do what we can as coaches to, to help them to get the best result possible and to continue to improve. Thanks so much, Ryan. It's been great having you on. And um, here's to a healthy, happy 2021. No worries. Thanks for having me. And uh, it's been a short time so far, but it's going to be a a long and and really exciting journey. So looking forward to it. I'm Sam Lane, writer and co-producer of The Originals, working with the super support of Richmond's excellent digital team. Special thanks, Matt Collada, Ian Nagol, Bilal Ali, Elizabeth Yore and Josh Berryman. Thank you for listening. And don't forget, if you're into this, the first 10-part series of The Originals is already banked. We had long-form chats with Katie Brennan, Mon Conti, and Sabrina Frederick, just to name a sample. You'll find these waiting to be downloaded wherever you get your podcasts or head to richmondfc.com.au. And next week, I'm excited. We're sitting down with a huge off-season recruit for the Tigers, Sarah Hosking. Until then, we sign off with the Richmond figurehead who signs off like nobody else. Richmond President, Peggy O'Neill. Go Tigers.